Alright, so Sunday. So uh, today uh, I released the January financials um, on our blog and via the Jack newsletter. Um, it was it was a little nerve wracking um, for me to actually hit send. So our, our email list is is a couple thousand people. Leading up to it, I just like it's like oh man, I'm gonna really release the January financials to people. How are people gonna feel about it? What are people gonna think? Da da da. But then I just did it and um, felt great to do it. Oh, then I have a note to myself here. Read my intro into it for the podcast. Okay, good thing I, I left a note for myself about this. All right, so let me read an intro. Let me actually read the first little bit uh, about the financials, and then I'll actually, um, I wasn't going to do this, but uh, let me actually just read also the results because that would probably be helpful for everyone. Okay, so I said, here's the, the blog post. In the spirit of transparency, a value which is personally very important to both me and the company, we're releasing the Jack January 2018 financials. This is something we'll be doing each month this year. I'm doing this for a few reasons. I believe in transparency and I think that our employees should all know the health of the company. With that said, this doesn't mean that I need to release them publicly, which leads me to my second reason, to aid individuals who are currently in positions similar to mine when I was initially building Jack. I wish I had access to resources such as these at that time so I could understand where people were in the cycle of growing their business, how that translated to financial results, etc. And three, because why not? There's nothing to lose in my opinion. For me personally, it feels freeing to release this information. This is me being transparent, authentic, and seeking to put forth information I I would have greatly benefited from as a young entrepreneur, and doing so fits in line with my core values and those of the company. People have asked me if I'm worried for employees, future employees or partners, clients, so we call our clients partners, to see these commonly private details? The answer, absolutely not. If someone doesn't want to work with with or for Jack because of our financial results, that's okay. The truth is no business is perfect. There are ups and downs from month to month. This is me being my authentic self and if it turns people off, I'm okay with that. I've opted to practice transparency throughout all facets of my life and business. Um, And so, I'll just speed ahead. There's more to the article, but that was the gist of it. Now, I'll just tell you the results. So we have accrual basis uh, results and cash basis. So for those of you that that don't know, I might as well just quickly explain because maybe it will be helpful. So there's a difference between accrual basis accounting and, and cash basis accounting. So for us, from an accounting standpoint, we actually report to the IRS uh, on a cash basis, right? We're a cash basis business. We're an LLC. So basically, uh, on our on our profit and loss statement at the end of the year, when I have to report taxes to the government, it's based on what cash have I received and what cash have I uh, actually spent. So you'll see on the profit and loss revenue, and that's if we've actually received cash from a, a, a client, and then expenses, which is we've actually paid an employee, we've paid a vendor, we've paid someone, right? And that's how it, uh, that's what cash basis means. It's actually cold hard cash. Think of it like that. And then you have accrual basis, which is slightly different. And accrual basis um, does is, is obviously different than cash basis, hence the name. But it basically means right the difference being uh, twofold here, right? So it's revenue that has been accrued, and then expenses that have been uh, accrued. So when you think of what does that mean, right? So it's say we sent an invoice to someone, right? And they haven't paid it yet, but it's for work that we've done and we're just waiting to to get paid, right? That is accrual basis revenue. It counts as revenue, even though we haven't collected the cash, right? And same with expenses. Say say our lawyer sends us a bill, right? That on an accrual basis is an expense, even though I have not paid it. 
right? So we track both. We track accrual and we track cash. We track cash for two reasons. One, because that's literally what we report. And two, because cash is king and that's how we run the business, right? I mentioned before, we have zero investors. All that actually matters is cash. Um, all the cash is, is, you know, that's what we have. That's my money. That's my investment in the business. And that's what actually matters, right? But accrual basis is good to know kind of the forward looking, at least for me, that's how I look at it. The forward looking kind of health of the business, right? Because you want to know, hey, what are my accounts receivable? And accounts receivable, I'll just quickly define that is, say we've sent an invoice and someone hasn't paid, that's an account receivable, right? So I want to know what my accounts receivable are versus, and then I also want to know what my accounts payable are. So accounts payable are when someone sends you a bill and you need to pay it, right? So accounts payable, when, when uh, you owe someone money and accounts receivable, someone owes you money, right? Accrual basis accounting takes into consideration these things. So it's more forward looking. You can say, hey, I know I'm gonna receive this money, or hopefully, unless someone doesn't pay you, but I'm gonna receive this money and here's the, the expenses I have to pay out. So to me, I like to, to look at accrual basis to see kind of the forward looking health of the company, but I'm super focused on cash because Cash is how we run the business and that's how we pay people, right? Uh, you don't pay people based on accrual basis income statement, you pay it based on, on the cash basis. So uh, just to give you an example more concrete on like why this is actually important, right? So let's say on an accrual basis, you sent out invoices for, for 100K, right? And you had bills that you owed of 50K. On an accrual basis, you would have made $50,000, right? Now, let's look at it on a cash basis. On a cash basis, in the same way, if you sent out 100,000 in invoices, but no one paid you, right? But then you had 50,000 in bills that you had to pay and you paid them, right? Your cash basis income statement would show negative 50,000, right? So you can see how <laughs> it's really important to look at the two. On an accrual basis, we're like, hey, awesome. We just made 50K, we're good, right? On a cash basis, we just lost 50K, right? And, and this is a really important uh, difference to, to know, right? Because we need to then have on a cash basis that 50K to pay someone, right? So it means on the near term, you know, we, we better have this 50K to pay. And when I'm looking at the long-term accrual basis, I'm like, I, we're still going to be okay because I know where we made 50K. We're just not going to realize that 50K for a while. But this is how you can, you know, just for anyone who's running a cash-based business or, or hasn't raised money, it's super important to watch the cash basis accounting because you can really fuck yourself in situations like this. You know, the accrual basis, you think, hey, we're good, but then you have to pay out 50K. So hopefully that was clear. But uh, anyways, our actual numbers, accrual basis revenue, we had 311,000 in uh, revenue. Our gross margin was 171,000, which is on a percentage basis, about 55%. Um, and just for people that don't know, gross margin is uh, the margin after your cost of goods sold. And cost of goods sold, I feel like I'm just defining everything, so hopefully you guys, this is actually helpful for everyone. Cost of goods sold is the actual cost of which our goods sold are our, our service. So think of this like our, our employee cost, or, or if you're selling a product, like the, the actual physical cost of that, that widget. But for us, it's, it's mainly employee cost. So our gross margin was 55%. Our net margin was uh, 99,952. So essentially 100,000 was our net margin. Net margin is after you take out both your cost of goods sold and your operational expenses. So that's really looking at what is the money we actually made on an accrual basis. It's 100K, uh, which leaves us as a, as a percentage, 30, 32%. And uh, the target this year overall that I set was 15 to 20%. And so that's good. I mean, 30, 30% is above. Uh, uh, it's not something, it's good, but it's, it's higher than I want, which means 
I'm going to reinvest heavier, right? It means that I have 12% above our top line of 20% that I can reinvest. Or it also means that now I have extra cash so that in other months when we only hit 10% margin because, you know, we've either reinvested heavily or we just had a bad month, right? It evens out. So that's an important thing to know is like, hey, this is cool, but like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. On a cash basis, we had 315000 in revenue. Our gross margin was 230000 uh, which is 73%, uh, really high there because, and this is where it kind of fucks with you, right? Like that sounds super high. Hey, our gross margin was 230,000. Like we must have not paid people or something. It's like, no, it's just the way the cash was taken out, right? Just cash, less cash was paid out this month, right? But the overall health that I really look at is on the accrual basis. But hey, it is nice to, to have not paid as much cash out this month but uh, we'll have to do it next month. So our net margin was 130,000 and our net margin percent was 42%. Um, so again, these are, you know, they sound really amazing. They're a little, they're a little misleading, I would say, just because we are gonna have to pay out more of that cash, but it's misleading, but it's not. I mean, at the end of the month, we had 130,000 in, in profit, so that's cool. This was also the biggest revenue month in the history of the company. We've never done over 300,000 in revenue, I don't think. So that's a milestone, which is cool. And yeah, uh, I also wrote here, our team size is, is 20 uh, in January, and our bank balance. Also, a note on the team size, I include both part-time and full-time people there. If someone's part-time, I, uh, I included them only as a 0.5 person. So this is, team size is 20. Uh, but it's actually maybe a few other people because some people are part-time. And then I also wrote here my bank balance. This is something I wish other people would reveal. So I revealed it and I said our bank balance cash before tax is 345,000. Our bank balance, which is uh, cash, cash after tax is 293,000. So that's what we're sitting on cash wise. Uh, I like to keep a, a decent amount of reserves. I wanna keep building that up. And we can either use that as reserves for bad months or, or for reinvestment. And, and yeah, that's when I, I mentioned maybe in, in previous podcasts, right? Like I've, I've made money, right? But all of it's kind of sitting there and this is like, you know, it's money. I can't take it out. Well, I could, but it just wouldn't be smart. So anyways, that's, uh, that's, um, that's the financials. You can read more about it on the blog um, and really take a look at it. Maybe we can post a link or something. For everyone. Anyways, the other thing of note, I had that conversation that I mentioned yesterday with, with someone on the team that I wanted to have a conversation with. I'm not going to go into the details here out of respect for all that. Uh, but yeah, I had that conversation. I also uh, met with my friend Saad, who is the former co-founder of a company called Sightlighter. Uh, he later exited that company, sold it, and now he's working on a new one. A quick story with Saad though, that's fun, is that so when I was starting out the business, I actually lived with Saad. He had started something called, um, well, I think what we called it, um, was the tech loft. He had quit his corporate job and uh, moved into this apartment or was in this apartment and basically converted a three bedroom into a five bedroom. It was down in financial district, actually like a block away from our current office. And he started interviewing um, people to, to move in. I think he went through like a hundred people. Anyways, I, I made the cut. And so I moved in there. And the people that moved in to this, this loft were him, uh, who was starting a company, me. There was another guy named Brandon Smythe, who, uh, who's a really, he's still a very good friend of mine. He had started a couple companies as well and uh, was now working on a new one. He, he, didn't, he was uh, joining as a biz dev, like had a biz dev for, for a new startup at the time. Good note for him though is, is a couple years after, after this moment when we moved in, one of his companies finally exited, so that was amazing for him. Uh, there was also a designer that moved in there named Noah, and then there was someone else named 
uh, Josh, who had moved in there, which was actually the first ever Jack business partner uh, that was there. So <laughs> there, was a, there was a lot that happened in this apartment. You know, I had my first co-founder who, as I mentioned, is, is no longer at the company. But uh, and then also Sightlighter was actually our first major customer. So I was helping out Saad for months and months. He was one of the people along the way that I was helping out kind of for free. Right, just because I enjoyed it and, and was doing it, and he uh, he ended up giving us our first big uh, big contract, which is cool. So that was after, by the way, it wasn't when we just moved in. It took that was like probably a year or something after I moved in. So it wasn't like immediately we knew, hey, we're gonna we're gonna work together. It was we were working together, doing a bunch of shit for free, and then uh, was able to turn turn that into an actual. Uh, big customer of Jack in the early days. Anyway, still really good friends with, with Saad. I don't get to see him as much anymore because he moved uh, down to Baltimore when he was building Sightletter, although he's moving back to the city in a few months. And uh, whenever we see each other, it's just like, there's just, um, it feels like he never left. Like we, I mean, we used to live together, but we'd always talk business and just chill and, and not just talk about business, but life and everything. And he's one of the few people that just like, shit just clicks with. Um, so it's good to see him. And what else did I say? Oh yeah, so he came over to just talk about some new business ideas that he had. It felt like it was like six years ago. You know, we were talking when, when he was first starting Sightlighter, we were just in, in his kitchen, or, and then became my kitchen, right? When he was just starting the company out, and we were just shooting the shit on ideas. Fast forward six years, he's now in my kitchen, <laughs> uh, talking through things, and we were just, you know, talking through ideas. And I, I made, a, made a note here, I said, uh, I can't believe it's been this long. You know, since I first met him, it felt like it was only yesterday. And, and yeah, so we were talking about that. Hopefully, uh, he said he's moving back this summer. I'm really excited. And I said, I can't wait. And I, I put a note here. He's part of the clan. So when I, uh, my coach and I, we talk about just kind of being people who are just like part of, call it part of our clan, like people that we're just going to like do shit with for, for a long time and, and just really connect with. And uh, for me, he's one of those people. So anyways, then uh, let me see if there's uh, anything else here that I wrote down. Okay, yeah. So I, I'm going to... I'm going to touch on something. Some of these things I, I can't touch on just because it's sensitive information. But I said, hey, I'm proud of myself for how I handled uh, the, the conversation that I needed to have. It was, it was very difficult leading up to it. I'm very thankful for your, which is, uh, and your, I'm talking to my coach here, for your help and guidance. It was the trilogy, which uh, I'll, I'll explain that at another time. Um, but it was a trilogy, and, and I feel like now I've gone past this part of my life. Moving forward, I will speak my truth, be authentic and transparent about how I feel about these sorts of matters. This is because I am now clear on my stance um, on certain things, and I'm leaving out what those, those things are. Well, I'll just say it. I'm, I'm clear on my stance on, on equity and jacked and how I want to handle it. I have strong views on equity, finances, etc., and I get to choose how that happens at Jack. No one else does, and that's just the truth of it. Um, I've designed a company such that I could afford myself the freedom to, to do it how I want, right? That's why, partially why I haven't taken on investors and all these things. I get to design the company that, that I want to, to build um, and how I want to run it. And also, I, I actually believe that my stance on equity, which is that it's just really not that valuable, and what's more valuable is, is profit share is actually what's best for everyone else, not just for myself. I actually think that salary and bonus is a is a better method because then you actually get to partake in the upside of the business as it grows right so like the problem i have with with equity in general is that i would be like hey take equity in the business which by the way i have no plans to sell it so it's really not worth anything nor will it be really worth anything because the multiple on on a type of our business if it did even sell it's not that great so hey take equity 
And with that, I want you to not get a bonus and, and take a lower salary, right? It's just like, I could do that, right? And keep more cash for myself, but uh, I don't want to do that. I want to share, I want people to share in the upside of the business as it grows. I want people to get bonuses. I want people to get higher salaries and share that money as we grow, right? I think an interesting part is that this, this could be, even for me, like a way to distribute some of that wealth that's created by the company, right? What I could do is just keep all the cash for myself and not distribute it, right? But if the company does well, it's not just me. Obviously, I'm a major player in, in the driving force of this company, but it, it's not a, not a solo effort. It's a team effort. So I want to actually share those profits with people. And I just believe this model is, is uh, better, at least better for our type of business. It's not for everyone. But, but for me, I just see things differently than, than others and not being like, hey, wait for equity and like wait till we sell, which... By the way, the expected value of equity is zero. So like, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me. We're a service business, so the multiple will never be that crazy. But what will be is the cash that it spits off. And that's what I want to share with others. It's, con- it's unconventional for NYC and SF at least, but it's, but it's what I believe to be the right and most fair for anyone that works for me, whether they agree with it or not. I want people to have cash from the business as it grows, not the hope of a future exit that will probably never come. And I want them to use the cash to do what they want with it. Invest, buy things. You know, some people have wanted to buy a home, and, you know, whatever it is, right? If I give people cash, they can actually do those things. I want to spread the wealth they are helping to create along the way, not tie them to me with equity in the hopes of a future payout and asking them to forego cash so I can take it all now. I could offer equity, have people lower their salary and forego bonus, but then I, I, could, uh, and I could have more cash for myself, but I don't wanna do that. I wanna spread the wealth around. There's great income inequality in the US. I wonder if through Jack, I can do my uh, part to not be a company that takes all the economic value from its employees, but actually makes it fair. As the company's income and profits rise, so too should employee salaries and bonuses, especially if they have been around for long periods of time and impacted those profits over time and their, their impact is compounded. I'm wondering if I can even create uh, a new model that tracks the compounding impact of someone and rewards them for this. One problem is that profits rise by compounding actions, but people don't stick around, right? So it's hard to know um, how to distribute this. And so at the end of the day, the company just benefits. And traditionally, what people have tried to do is, is give people, hey, you know, you might get equity, but that equity is only worth something if the com- company exits. How do I share? And this is a question Then I start going into it for myself. Like, how do I share the wealth that is created over time in a fair manner instead of just keeping it for myself, which right now is how capitalism is set up, um, right? Where things compound over time, employee wages and everything, like they don't increase, but you can see skyrocketing profits for, for companies. But that's that's how capitalism in the US is set up. That's the way it works. And, and I wrote to myself, hey, I'm not sure how to solve this, but maybe it's something I'll take on and solve. But for now, let me focus on Jack and being the best CEO and leader I can be. And until I figure out the perfect formula or don't, uh, I'll continue to try and be the most fair I can be with everyone. Not everyone will always agree on what is fair, but deep down for me in my core, if I feel like I'm being fair, I can live with that. And that's the recap for some.